Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. And welcome to this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Today, we're going to be uh, introducing to you an organization that might be brand new for you. You might not have heard about it, but it's doing great work for our youth. It's called Teens Act. Teens Act. So joining us in studio today, we have some gentlemen with some very important roles with Teens Act. Alberto Puertas is the chair of Teens Act. He's also involved with the International Advising of Students at Brigham Young University. Alberto, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Rebecca. Such it's a, a pleasure. pleasure. Well, I know that you've been involved in lots of different good work throughout your life, so this will be fantastic to learn a little bit more about Teens Act through you. Gary Laycock is a special education coordinator with the Provo School District, but here today, he is in the capacity as the executive director of Teens Act. Gary, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Rebecca. And you've been uh, with Teens Act for a number of years uh, outside of that role as executive director? I have. I was on the board originally and uh, have had a great experience with Teens Act and wanted to be able to participate more fully. Good, and you know what an impact it can have on youth. Also joining us in studio is Daniel Daniels. He is the Director of Operations for Teens Act, and you may also see him throughout town with the Utah Valley Youth Symphony as he's the Development Director. I mention that because each of you in your capacity have so much involvement with youth, whether it be in the secondary schools or primary schools, with the university environment, or in extracurricular artistic endeavors. Alberto, for those who are new to Teens Act, Act. Mm-hmm. Can you uh, define what Teens Act is, what is its goals, and what is it doing? Well, thank you, mm-hmm. Rebecca, for allowing us to, to come and talk to you today about what we do and what we love to do more so. We empower youth at risk to graduate from high school and to go into higher education. Now, higher education doesn't mean necessarily college or a university, but it also means vocational schools, technological schools. Which we know as an economic, uh, for economic progress in the state of Utah and in the nation, we need more individuals, right, with technical school training. Absolutely. So, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, um, as you know, a lot of uh, our youth nowadays are bombarded with information and not only information, knowledge, but also challenges. You know, challenges that come in many shapes and form. Poverty is one, extreme poverty, uh, drug abuse, domestic violence at home, and so on. Those are detractors from our children's lives and learning and so on. And at times, many times, our kids, our youth, getting in trouble and do things that are not correct. And if they have the energy to do mischief, they also, and the intelligence 
to do what is not right, they also have the intelligence with the right and proper nurturing and caring and mentoring to move on from a cycle of destruction, poverty, if you wish, and fix their lives and move on to higher I education. I don't think I've ever heard it uh, proposed that way, to to have us look at individuals, youth in particular, who may be acting out um, destructively exactly. against the community or, or against themselves or within their family, to say those same, that same skill base that comes up with that creativity oh, for that could be yeah. then focused this way. So how do we refocus that? Daniel, you're shaking your head because you have some experience. Tell me a little bit about how you see that. Uh, yes. Well, we know that. Uh, well, first, I guess I want to thank you for giving us the time today to uh, to meet with you and Our talk pleasure. a little bit thank about you. the work that we're doing. Uh, we know that student we know that student success is inexplicably um, tied to their time in the classroom and the work that we do with them. Uh, one of the points Alberto made is that if they have the energy to get into trouble or to find unconstructive means uh, to further themselves or to get uh, to getting in trouble, that we know that if a mentor uh, kind of guiding that student, giving them positive, constructive reinforcement. We know that those things um, directly correlate to student success overall in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to go to you for just a minute, Gary, as well, because let's talk a bit about your role in the Provo School District. One of the things that Alberto said is Teens Act wants to num- empower the students, focus their energy so that they will complete high school and then further their education. Many people may be uh, surprised to find out that we are still, as a state, as a community, as a society, struggling to assure that all of our children are high school graduates. A very good point. I appreciate you asking. And again, thank you, Rebecca, for this opportunity. Uh, Students who are uh, referred to as uh, uh, underserved, uh, that population that we focus on are students typically that have a grade point of 2.5 or below. They are struggling educationally. And uh, so Teens Act tries to support them in the classroom in terms of being able to do things that research suggests is valuable, and that is having caring adults, caring peer adults, in fact, work directly with them. Uh, Also helping them complete homework while they're still in school. Some of the learning that isn't uh, manifest in ultimate graduation and unfortunately in dropout prior to that time is that students haven't learned the skills that they need. And sometimes also they lack a sense of ability to do where you have people that can come into an environment and to be able to talk to those students and help them understand that they have that capacity, that we will provide supports that they need. And in terms of college and career readiness, sometimes it's not just the lack of academic skill development, but it's those other skills that we recognize are most valuable to develop. And sometimes individual students don't have the opportunity to develop those things. They don't know about them, but we can help them understand how those skills can help them be successful. You mean like time management and triage and priorities? uh, Persistence, Mm -hmm. uh, effort uh, to the extent that they can become successful. So uh, to me, uh, Teens Act provides a support to the typical classroom program, this typical school that adds something that the school itself needs some support in uh, 
in uh, helping students with. Before I go back to another question uh, for Alberto, I I wanted to follow up your experience as a special education coordinator in the school district as a mother of a child who had a required special educational resources. There was a sense of failure within him that developed at the age of six, seven, and eight, that sense of when I try, I'm not successful. So I'm I'm not as smart or I'm not as successful as others. And then he has the choice to either believe in his capability to move through that challenge or just to stop trying. And as Alberto was talking about the different obstacles these youth or our youth are facing, it's it can be very similar to having an intellectual uh, or, or academic delay when you have something impeding your ability to be successful. You might stop trying. Yeah, the we try to really be focused on strength orientation versus deficit orientation, a sense that the person has the capability, they just don't know yet. And when we fail over time, we begin to sense that we're failures rather than interpreting it as uh, a failure at an event. And so we try to really help students understand that the difference between learning from failing, but not interpreting themselves in that light, because those that are successful begin to recognize they have capacity and ability. We help bring that out in students. I think that's beautiful, Alberto. So you talked about some of the greatest risk factors, and and you mentioned domestic violence in the helm. Um, You mentioned opportunity and poverty. I was thinking about that. Because as as uh, uh, Jay Gary was mentioning, that if a student doesn't get his or her homework done at school and then goes home and there is not a parent in that home, either because it's a single family home or because parents are working and, and then there's so, no one to reinforce the importance of getting that homework done and following through. So you find other uh, influences that make it difficult for a student to succeed. So let's talk about how Teen Act intervenes and how Teens Act intervenes and helps in that way. Well, uh, well, thank you, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. That's a good question. And before I answer your question, I want to let you know that I also have a special needs child, and I, and I know the challenges that that we go through. So, when I echo the words of uh, of Gary that we should work from a strength based approach rather than a deficit approach. You know, these are our children. They are wonderful, and period. Yeah. Yeah, and it is a strong message because when they're just growing up, whether they're in their elementary school years or their junior high years or their high school years, Mm -hmm. they are still developing their own sense of who they are. Absolutely. And when they have a champion as a parent or as a mentor that says, you are much more than you realize and you can do this, that message resonates, but it takes time, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Now, about our organization, we do provide mentoring, but, but, but a mentoring that, that is specialized, that is targeted, that really see the context of the reality of our students that, that we deal with, I think it makes a tremendous difference. And uh, I will also, I'm a strong believer that uh, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. You know, that's a cliche sometimes for, for a lot of us, but, uh, but it's I true think it's teams, true sure. with, with our organization, with Things Act. And uh, I'm from the most humble volunteer up to the board and the executive part of our organization. We do all care. Most of us, all of us basically are volunteers. We provide our time and skills and abilities to, to help these students, not only us, and I, I'll be... 
I think I'm grateful not to mention, you know, Brigham Young University the School of Education provides tremendous support to what we do. And also UVU is working with us shoulder to shoulder. And it's a, it's, it's a holistic effort. I mean, many, many people, many organizations that care for, for our children are helping us in this wonderful work. And, and it has to be this way, you know. Globalization is changing a lot of things for our kids. And, and uh, I, in my time, life was almost, I, I saw life as a linear proposition. Uh, and we know that's not true anymore. I mean, the only constant for these young people is change. It's change and they need to embrace change and they need to love change. Uh, to me, it, it frightens me. You know, it still does. But this new generation, they need to know how to deal with that. And I like what Gary said, uh, that it's beyond academics. It's about designing a life that is productive, that is constructive, that is, uh, you know, builds a good citizen, an honorable citizen. That's what we want to do. So how do we identify, Daniel? Uh, for those who just joined us, by the way, that's Alberto Puertas. He is the chair of Teens Act, which is based in Utah. This is uh, Teens Act, a Utah-only foundation, I should say, or organization. Also joining us in the studio, Gary Laycock. He is uh, the executive director of Teens Act. And Daniel Daniels, who is the director of operations, um, I wanted to follow up on what Alberto had said about mentoring. How do we first find or how does Teens Act find or identify at-risk youth who will benefit from the mentoring that Teens Act mobilizes? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's an excellent question. There are a number of uh, key identifiers, um, some of which are based on the on the socioeconomic side. But for the in-class supports, where we really try to focus is on attendance, grades, and GPA. Specifically, one of the things that uh, is unique to Teens Act is that we unlike a lot of uh, organizations, don't go for the low-hanging fruit. We specifically target students that are at a 2.5 or lower GPA. In some instances, identified moving from their middle school into their high school system that they might struggle in certain areas or they might not be able to stand the test of time and make it to graduation. Teens Act goes out of its way to identify those students in correlation with the system they're coming from and uh, provide an opportunity for them to get in-class support at the high school level. In-class support, in other words, are you working with an IEP, a separate kind of student uh, educational plan that Mm -hmm. Teens Act helps to make sure is in place for that student? Tell me more about that, Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so to answer that question simply, it's all of the above. Okay. Uh, Within our population, we will see any number of uh, uh, issues that a student might face that prevents them from moving forward in the educational system. In some instances, IEPs. In some instances, 504s. um, Things like illiteracy, uh, poverty, those kinds of instances. Language barriers. Language barriers, Mm -hmm. ELL populations, all of which are represented in our in-class support, we work, we work with what's called a student success class. Um, it is a credit-bearing system. We work currently with Provo High School, uh, and students actually get a credit to come into this class, receive mentoring, additional supports, uh, that in-class during the school day support that we know is extremely beneficial to the overall success of our students. I'm glad you brought that up to the in-school, and I want to go back to you, Gary, for just a bit, because I remember it was uh, difficult for one of my sons to be able to get all his work done. Uh, he was just, he, uh, he, 
it just took him longer. And yet you had to have a certain GPA to be able to get a, what was it called, a rest period. And yet he was one of those students that needed to have an empty <laughs> period in school to be able to process what he didn't understand. So if he needed to stay after school to get help from, he knew what he needed to know. So, I don't think you're alone. Yeah, uh, so it's like a remediation, right? Yeah, uh, those are excellent points and those are the needs that students manifest to us is uh, we try to recognize in relationship with students try to really to ask the questions what do you need how do you see this because eventually students have to own their own educational experience so we try to develop a personal relationship over time with students where people truly care um, and and because of that, they can ask questions over time that need to be asked and and get the help that they might need. We also try to be sensitive to the research. Uh, John Hattie has done some great research that we tend to try to uh, recognize within Provo School District and Teens Act as a support to what's happening so that we're doing the right thing. So, for instance, when a student needs to do homework – and they really haven't yet mastered a set of skills or have a knowledge, to have them go home and do homework when they don't have a level of understanding is not as effective as if we continue to do some independent and supported guided practice in a classroom environment. So when they do leave, they have a better sense of it. And um, so we try to uh, marry both the sense of caring about students and also a good sense of how to effectively support students both in class. We also do after class, excuse me, after school uh, program time. We also work with families because the family dynamic is important to connect with. And we frankly start earlier than high school. We've recognized that if we don't begin early, then what we do at the high school won't be quite as effective. So we are trying to cultivate more and more um, pieces from elementary through middle to high. Now, for those who just joined us, we're talking about the organization Teens Act. It might be new to you because it has six years that it's been based out of Provo, Utah. I want to turn for just a minute from identifying that we do have at-risk youth who are needing that additional mentoring and support and academic support in the school uh, system as well to what we as a community can do to be to help solve this problem. That's what Teens Act is about. So let's talk about how we can make a difference. And I know there's an event coming up that will help us mobilize as well. Alberto. Yes, indeed. Uh, we're always in need of, uh, of helping hands and, uh, and good hearts that are willing to, to come and talk to our kids, to help in any capacity that they would like to to participate within the context of what the organization represents. So people can volunteer to be people mentors. People can, can do mm-hmm. vo- volunteering. And uh, we do have, uh, you know, members of the community, important, well, everybody's important, sure. but we have key members of the community that come and do presentations to our students, you know, successful people in in business, in medicine, in mathematics, whatever, and they come and talk to our kids. They're sort of like motivational speakers and 
and a lot of them come from humble beginnings, and the the, the kids can relate, and and uh, and I think that's a wonderful piece as well of what the organization does. But uh, we welcome anybody. I mean, uh, you go to thingsact.org, and you can find information about our organization, and you can read the information there. It's self-explanatory and easy to read, and if you feel like, hey, I want to do mentoring, or I want to talk to the parents, or I want to sponsor a kid, or Mm -hmm. I have some finances that I can provide to to support a a group of kids or a kid, we definitely welcome that. I mean, uh, we we are here to, uh, we're not the saviors, but we're here to enable youth to a brighter future. I wish I could remember the research, but it said before Daniel would go to and and talk about a gala that's coming up is that they did research that it said if an individual, if a child had, I believe was two to three adults in his or her life that cared, whether it was in his or her own home, whether it was a mentor, an uncle, a neighbor, that a child just needed to see that there was adults who were in a healthy relationship um, invested in who they were as a person and in their success. And, and that could compensate for a lot of the obstacles that children are facing. So I'm going to give that website again really quick, and then let's share some details about the upcoming gala. The website is, again, www.teens-act.org. Daniel, what's happening just around the corner? Yes, yes. Uh, so Teens Act, uh, as we know, we are a, a nonprofit organization. And so we uh, run entirely off the generosity and support of the local community and uh, its members at large. And so April 14th is an amazing opportunity to get engaged or involved in some level. Uh, we have our annual spring gala coming up. That will be April 14th, 2017 at 7 p.m. at Newskin in downtown Provo. Uh, web more information can be found on our website at www.teens-act.org or on our Facebook or LinkedIn. And this gala will have a chance for for those who want to attend. Not only will they be supporting Teens Act as an organization, but get to know some of the youth that are also participating in in Teens Act itself. Yes, absolutely. We are particularly excited about this year. We have made it a point to feature some of our most improved, some of our most uh, our spotlight awards, if you will, uh, for some of our students, our volunteer base, and some of the community members that have been so gracious in allowing us to fulfill our mission in the city of. Provo. All right, and that's coming up at the New Skin Building. Go ahead, Alberto. Um, I would like to add to, to your audience uh, that we're going to have a beautiful and wonderful MC for that event. Oh, you're so and I, 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 I don't know if you know this, but her name is Rebecca Christman, <laughs> so she'll be there as well. Well, you know, and, and, and you're so gracious to say that, yeah. but when you did invite me, um, it, it really spoke to my heart because, oh, thank you, Rebecca. And, I, and I have an aunt who is um, heavily involved in academic research for children of um, Chicano families. And one of the things that she had identified is you have parents who are working very, very hard, who want so much for the children to academically success. But if they are both working long hours, they're not always able to give the support that they would love to have for their children. So there's a lot of uh, myths and misconceptions as to why we might find children not being as successful or getting the parental support that they need. And we can step in and do that. So it's my honor, my privilege to be a part part of it. Uh, Gary, before we wrap up, wanted to turn to you for just a bit. When Daniel had mentioned that you're going to spotlight some successes, how do you define 
a student having a successful experience through Teens Act? A lot of it has to do with a, a sense of recognizing that they now see their value. And value is measured in many ways. We we typically look at those metrics that Daniel described, but it goes beyond that. It's the sense of the student uh, working in a classroom where we recognize this student is beginning to see their capacity and beginning to be able to demonstrate that by improvement in those very things that we measure. Uh, so uh, success is that individual beginning to recognize what we see in them, and that is the capacity that they have, and they begin to now demonstrate it, and it shows through their successful work and in school accomplishments and uh, their relationships with others and their contribution in a classroom and with uh, others in the classroom. So Daniel has done a really good job of helping with that. Also, um, we have others... Uh, um, that work primarily as teachers in the classrooms and mentors. Um, and if I begin to mention names, I know that I will get in oh, trouble. Yes, I will. <laughs> so I won't do that. But we'll honor them at the gala. They will as, be recognized as well. Gala. Alberto, um, yes. um, as we thank you for coming up and bringing Daniel Daniels and Jay Laycock uh, with you um, with Teens Act, I know that you have spent um, almost your entire career uh, devoted with students. And focus. Yes. And, and so when you see them walk through the doors of a university, you feel that sense of win. Yes. Yeah. And, and, and so yes. why has it been so important for you to have that place, to play that role in the lives of young people so that they can launch forward? You know, I have asked that question of myself many, many times. And it may come to a selfish answer, you know, and I have to be honest with myself. Uh, when I see that student coming back and, you know, after entering life and making a decent salary, providing for his or her family, and they come back, take me out to lunch, a free lunch, and I love free lunches, and, <laughs> and, and, and you know, and their salaries maybe triple my salary or, or whatever. Uh, there is a tremendous sense of satisfaction, you know, that I, I was I, I was a little bit a contributor to that uh, that evolution, that that wonderful uh, transformation or continuation of that human being's life, and it's more so with these youth who are uh, underserved or who are at risk. You know, I see with college students at BYU and they come with tremendous abilities and tremendous skills and also tremendous support exact okay. tremendous mm -hmm. support but uh, that is not the case with the, with the children and the youth we serve so to see them you know moving on and you're going to hear some testimonials on that on that event uh, is really moving so yes i it brings uh, Tremendous sense of satisfaction to me, uh, and also a sense of contribution. You know, I'm not a wealthy man, um, but uh, this is the way I contribute with, with society. This is the way that I can make a difference in people's lives. I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that, not only that you've had a career, and it seems like all of you have had careers that have been involved in making a difference and magnifying the abilities and focusing on the abilities and the capacities uh, of youth in our life. And I, I mention that because that's what each mentor who decides to become a volunteer with Teens Act will experience, that impact, that ripple effect 
that drop in the pond that is significant as that child's trajectory is pointed in in the correct way. And I say child because even when they're 17, we all know that they're still children in need of mentoring and support. And Daniel, I'll let you close for just a bit. I know that you've worked with risk at risk uh, youth in Las Vegas as well as in Provo, Utah, and throughout the state. So we are facing some of the same obstacles, yeah. and yet you're looking at. At, at, at that future. Yeah, could, could I say mm-hmm. something before, mm-hmm. Daniel? I, I just want to mention for your audience, although I'm not a wealthy man, I don't want them to be donating to me. Life is treating me okay. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> so I just want to be, it is relative. So yeah, no, and I, no, pre- no, no. I, I appreciate <laughs> that. Yeah, but I think just, many of us, <laughs> many of us, you look at, at we, yeah, we would yeah. feel like, oh, if we only had a million a, dollars, we could make the difference. And I'm the not Bill is. Gates, so, so that, <laughs> just to make it clear. Daniel said he's not either, and I think and I think I think I will speak for is that it is it, we none of us got into this to to get rich. I think no matter what part of the country you're in, whether it be Las Vegas, where I come from, or now that we're here in Provo, uh, it, it is honestly it is it's the student body. It's the constituency. It's our parents. It's the looks on teachers, students, uh, community members faces watching that sense of accomplishment be drawn out. Uh, watching students for the first time recognize they have a skill set, that they have a skill. Uh, I think that uh, our students and our student bodies a lot of the times are exposed to so many negative forces, poverty, illiteracy, homelessness, that it is important that we as a positive beam of light shine steadily through that. Um, and so one of the things uh, that it, we make it a point to expose our students to careers, to the options that they have. Um, I think that you won't go far if your horizon haven't been broadened. Um, and for a lot of these students through Teens Act, it is the vehicle in which the rest of their lives have been seen or made possible for them. And so what's, um, I, I could not be happier to kind of call us together in the hopes of uh, supporting this amazing organization. I work with an amazing, I have an amazing boss and Alberto and Gary, and, um, and they, they make it possible for Teens Act to flourish. And for- I think that's beautiful. I think I will go away thinking about that beam of light showing the way in the darkness and how how beautiful to think of that. It's such a value in our community that we're providing that. Jay, uh, Gary Laycock, Alberto Puertas, Daniel Daniels, thank you all for thank coming you. and joining thank us you, for Utah Weekly Forum. You. For more information, especially if your child is at risk and you're wanting more information about how he or she might participate, the website again is teens dash or what did you hyphen, hyphen. teens-act.org, <laughs> teens-act.org. Thank you for joining us in this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum.